Hi, and welcome to Behind the Drag, a new podcast from In the Know that takes you behind the scenes of some of the biggest names in the world of drag. In this series, you'll get to meet the people and stories behind some of the most iconic drag personas. From what makes them tick to how drag has shaped their lives, they're spilling all the tea. On today's episode, we're talking to three queens, Wang Newton, The Vixen, and Maybe a Girl, whose performances and personas are pushing the boundaries of drag and making far-reaching impacts through activism and social commentary. I've always been a rule breaker and a rebel, and I love creating my own game. The number one most important thing is having a strong vision for yourself and for your life and not stopping until you make it happen. Hi everyone, it's me, Violet Trotsky. I'm 28 years old. I currently live in Los Angeles, California. I'm an international drag superstar and a self-proclaimed fashion icon. Violet is confident, sexy, aesthetic-driven, glamorous. I really have my signature face that's sort of vampire-esque, really arched eyebrows, grayscale with a red lip. It's just a really simple, clean face. It's true to my aesthetic and classic in that way. It's kind of timeless. For me, drag has always been about rebellion and also escapism. I think being able to creative direct your own world is super powerful and it's beautiful. I grew up in the South. I grew up in Atlanta and it's super diverse, super queer, super gay. It's sort of like the gay mecca of the South. I went to a Catholic school and it was almost even more apparent wearing a uniform that I was different. I just stood out. I was constantly getting in trouble, constantly trying to break the rules. I just like transformation, I like glamour, I like the creativity that goes into it. I was always really creative as a child. So my drag aesthetic is really driven by glamour and vintage aesthetics as well as fetish aesthetics. One of my favorite things to do is to kind of define vintage pieces and either get them reproduced in my size or kind of take elements from them and recontextualize them in new ways. Here's a good example. So this is a vintage pattern and I had the pattern adjusted to my size. It's from the 40s, but you can kind of tell by the pattern alone how vintage, like true vintage it is. Even when I was coming up in the drag scene, I was known as sort of the rule breaker, the rebel, the bad girl. I started my drag character basically based off of Betty Page. That was sort of my first icon that I was like, that's the kind of woman that I really love. I always was inspired by like really big, dominant, know what they want, go-getter type of women. That's sort of the woman that I wanted to reference and that inspires me. My aesthetic is really classic beauty and classic glamour. Knowing who you are and delivering at all times is super important for me as a drag queen on this level. I started watching Drag Race, I think in 2009, and I auditioned for season six, and I didn't get on. And I auditioned for season seven, and I got on. Drag Race is a huge opportunity for us to elevate drag culture, to tell our stories, and it really is a career maker. I've gotten to work with some of my biggest inspirations that are really iconic people. Stephen Klein, Stephen Mizell, Pat McGrath, Jeremy Scott, Prada, Jean-Paul Gaultier, it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, I can't even believe that fashion is a whole other world and it's a fantasy and I think it all creates another realm that you can kind of escape into. The fashion world and the drag world kind of share that. They all sort of create their own rules, their own environment, their own atmosphere, their own hierarchy. It's a really beautiful thing. 
This weekend, all thanks to Miss Coronavirus, we are doing a drag drive-in show. I'm excited for tonight. It's nice to just see the girls. Like, that's kind of the most fun thing. It's just being able to kiki with the girls. Currently, drag is my living. It provides a form of escape, provides a form of creativity. It's definitely an outlet for me. It's a community for me. It's not even just a job. It's much more than that. It's exactly where I, where I want to be. It's what I want to be doing right now. It's powerful, it's impactful. It feels like I have a legacy that I've built. I feel like I've made my little notch in history. Drag is the worshiping of divine feminine energy. I think the world is like out of balance, that the world could use more femininity. Society says, this is femininity? Well, I'm gonna give you like a truckload of it. Is this womanhood? Questioning what is fake? Is she serious? Is she joking? I wish I knew the answer, I do not. But we're going on the journey. Hi, uh, my name's Justin Andrew Honard, otherwise known as Alaska Thunder. And I live in Hollywood, California. I don't really think I am different out of drag and in drag. I don't know, it's more interesting to look at on camera when I'm in drag. Basically my job is pretending to be a famous woman. Like it's all fake. The hair, the fingers, the eyeballs, the body, everything the light touches is fake. It's like having a suit of armor on. So I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania. I hated school. I hated summer because then I didn't even have the structure of school. Then my parents tried to put me in sports to make friends. But once I started to like come into myself and like sort of accept that I was gay, um, I know, shocker, I'm homosexual. Um, it wasn't until then that I really started to like meet my art friends and my theater friends. I love drawing and I love drawing women. I've always drawn. So it's like a journal or like a diary. When I was a young kid, I wouldn't go out and like play sports or play in the yard. I would come home after school, do my homework diligently, and then I would just draw. It's always just sort of flowed out of me just like naturally. Like if I'm not even thinking about it, the women will come out of the pan. When I started doing drag more, I was actually drawing like less often. And I think it's because it's sort of the same thing, except I'm doing it on my own body, which is fun. And it was like in college where I really just, I don't know, like the Britney Spears shaved her head and I shaved my head in solidarity with her. And I was just sort of like, it, like what, what the are we doing? That's when I really just dove into drag. There's life before Drag Race and then there's life after. The world of drag has changed a lot because when I first started, you had to be insane to do drag. Now, largely because of RuPaul's Drag Race, people know what drag is. They see it as a viable career option. 
I haven't done a show in so long. I've missed it so much and now here I am and I'm like, can we make this go away now? I hate rushing and now I'm at like such a heightened stress right at this moment. What am I doing? Okay, what am I talking about? <laughs> Nothing is packed. I don't know the dance moves. I don't know the words. No, you know what, who cares? Literally, who cares? It's the last drag show on earth. The 20 minutes on stage is heaven. And everything getting to that point is literal hell. If I'm traveling the world and jet lagged and exhausted, the thing that makes me instantly come back to life is walking into the dressing room to find all the other drag queens. You're incredible. They're the funniest, the most generous, gregarious, is that the right word? I feel at home when I get in, into the company of drag queens. I love them. We'll go to the end of that song. Then I'm gonna do requests from the audience. If there's a long period of time where I'm not doing drag or whatever, uh, I definitely feel it and I definitely start to, I start to miss her. Okay, we have to start opening the um, venue. Amazing, thank you guys so much! Alaska is a Glamazonian princess from the planet Glamtron. She crash landed on Earth and ever since she's been trying to get enough Twitter followers to get her spaceship back up and running again. If you come see an Alaska show, I like to do it like a wedding, something borrowed, something blue, something old, something new. So I do like something of mine, something of somebody else's, something funny and stupid, something serious. I'm doing my spirits calling. I also know that like people walk away feeling empowered. Oh my gosh, like why drag? Which is the question I keep asking myself. Yes, it's clothes and it's hair and it's makeup, but once it all comes together, it's like something magical and something more than just the sum of its parts. As a child, I was too gay or too effeminate. I felt like I was just wrong. The important lesson to take away from like the Alaska story is take those things that you hide about yourself and put them in the spotlight. That's what makes you special. Doing drag is nothing but just building a whole person from yourself. But there is a conscious shift of like confidence that comes from putting on the armor of drag. No matter what happens, like I am in drag, I am powerful and I am in full control of any situation. That is what I'm drawn to more than, I don't know, lifting weight. Hi, my name is Meatball and I am a drag queen that lives in Los Angeles, California. I'm most known for being hairy, having a bad attitude, but always being on time. That's about it. Well, and then there was that one time I hit a guy with my car and kept driving. I'm just kidding, that never happened. I came up with the name Meatball because me and my friends were trying to figure out a name for myself, but I'm such like a weird, hairy, messy, sloppy drag queen that we couldn't, I couldn't be like a Rebecca or a Rachel, so I went for Meatball. My performances are pretty like storytelling. I like to have a lot of props. I always like to 
do a reveal. My favorite numbers are when something completely unexpected happens. I did a number where I went from being in a full jacket and I ripped it off and I was in a nude bodysuit and then I ripped that off and again, another jacket underneath it. Could you imagine? Now with this self-quarantine, a lot of people are taking it very hard, but the people taking it the hardest are the homosexuals. I did start as a comedian before drag and I think that really influenced the way I like to do my drag. I'm not one of those drag queens that's really concerned about always looking like the prettiest. Like I want when people leave the room to be like, that was the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. I make uh, at least 99.9% .9 of my costumes and then the rest of it is like given to me by people. I've been really working on my sewing skills and like sewing straight lines. So I'm just excited to show everybody this new look tonight. Everyone in the Zoom call will only see it waist up, but baby, I got pants, I got a booty, I got hips. I'm gonna show it off. I'm gonna show this shape off. I realized that I was really different probably when I was like 13 or 14. I was on the football team being so mask and butch because that's what I thought I needed to do. I went all the way through Boy Scouts because I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. You have to be a man, you have to do this stuff. And I slowly realized, I was like, I have no interest in this. Like, I wanna do theater and I wanna sing and dance. After graduating, I moved straight to New York when I was 18 years old, which was a mistake. They do not card you in New York. I was 18 years old, just like And um, that's where my whole personality came from, was like just being 18 and like rediscovering who I was and basically like re-growing up and like re-learning who I was because I was so tired of hiding who I was. And New York was literally the best place to do it. And then New York just didn't seem fun anymore. So then I moved to LA. How did I start getting into drag? I went through an awful breakup and I was very bored and there's a little TV show called RuPaul's Drag Race. Maybe you've heard of it. It was the first time in my life that I had like seen myself in someone else or seen what is possible. And then my friends took me out and we went and saw Morgan McMichaels perform and Raven. And after seeing them do that, I was like, wait a minute, I've done stand-up comedy. I know how to dance. I was in theater. I have all the skills for this. Why don't I just do this? My friend was like, yeah, I'll put your makeup on. And my first night out, I was like collecting money from people. They were like, you look so good. And it just felt, I don't know, it felt good. There's something about getting in a drag, the anxiety, the confidence that comes from it. I want to have that confidence in my everyday life. I don't know, I guess I just love skating because it's like something where I get to feel like a little kid again. I get to go out there and just roll around and dress weird and wild. I don't know, I just feel like when, as you grow up, there's things that you just, are told not to do anymore, you feel like it's not for you, but baby, these skates, they're for me, and I like the attention. Bye-bye. I don't think that I have ever been fully comfortable at, with who I was as a person or in my own skin until pretty recently, actually. And I hate to be one of those drag queens that's like, drag saved my life and it changed me and it made me a better person, but like, drag changed my life and made me a better person. I just know more about who I am, I know more about what I want, I'm not afraid to just ask for it now. At the base of everything I do, I want it to be a joke. I want people to laugh. I want people to connect with it. I want it to be relatable and uplift people and just make them feel good. Like that's all I'm trying to do. If I were to speak to a little old me when I was a little kid, after going through everything and being where I am now, it doesn't matter what other people think of you. 
That was a huge issue for me. When I look in the mirror now, in drag, out of drag, I see somebody who's overcome a lot and somebody who's very finally, finally happy. I see someone who's strong. I see someone who isn't afraid to stand up for themselves anymore, isn't afraid to speak their mind, isn't afraid to be a little faggy when they walk, I have a little swish in my hips. I don't care anymore, and drag taught me that. There's so many incredible people that hide who they are. What's the point? Why can't you just be yourself? Even if yourself is somebody that likes to tell jokes dressed up like a lady, who cares? You're not hurting anybody. That's it? That's a wrap? We're done? All right, well that's it for Behind the Drug. You have been in my house since 9.30 a.m. It's time for you to get out. Get out of my house. It's indescribable, it truly is. Like, it's it's just like a vibe that you feel, and it's adrenaline, it's happiness, it's emotional, it's drag. It's what makes me love it. You're capable of whatever you wanna do, no matter who you are, it's up to you to do it, though, and you gotta get it done. My name is Nick. I'm also known as Indica Sativa, and I live in Los Angeles, California. I knew that I wasn't going to be a follower in anybody's drag style. Like, I bring two styles. One is very New Orleans, which is where I'm from, and the other one is very, you know, California, and that's where kind of the weed comes in. That's how I kind of just build the character. I read this, like, survey before I moved here, and they say that the number one thing that you smell in Los Angeles is pot. Like, that's what, like, tourists say in this poll. I know it's not the weed capital of the world, but it just feels like it. It's, it's the crazy but coolest place in the world, I think. Most of all, I really think it's truly accepting here, and that's why I love Los Angeles. Weed, honestly, has just always been a part of my life, like, since the first time I ever smoked it. I knew how to roll a blunt within, like, one minute when I was 14. Weed, for me, when I smoke it, my anxiety kind of goes away, and I don't focus on every little thing that shouldn't be focused on because we're human and we're all different, and we need to just be ourselves. Weed is something that is a huge part of my life, but it's not completely why I do drag and it's not the only thing about me. But at the same damn time, if you're ever around me, I'm smoking you out probably, so. For me, drag not only is performance, it's definitely a business. With that being said, I am not a person that's just gonna sit back, so rather than trying to get booked in other girls' shows, I started to create my own shows. I think that's what elevated my drag so quickly, and that's that's the business mind of it. Tim messaged me and asked me to come in. I sat down, he just kind of explained all the product to me, and then we got to talking more, and more things came about. So I am one of the models for their new product, and I'm also gonna be hosting all of their product launch events. It's my dream job. <laughs> We definitely, um, I get very creative. You know, some people get tired, they say, and I'm like the exact opposite. Like, I wanna get up and move. I like, wanna start my day. Uh, makeup is how I start my creative process. I figure out what my face is gonna be, and then I go into my closet and I start coordinating my looks towards my makeup. So, this is my dad. He died when I was 19. No matter what times we had, they were mostly rocky. He was still my dad, and I feel like when he died, I just, I became driven. And I realized how short it was. So in a way, I like to think that my dad saved my life. My mom is my best friend. 
she always knew I was gay and like she used to say, I don't care that you're gay. After coming out and her saying that, I think that she, that's part of the reason why I don't really give a shit what anyone thinks of me because I know that my mama loves me and honestly that's all that really matters in life, right? I love that when I get on stage, everything like that's going on in my life just feels like it it is gone. You know what I mean? For five minutes, I don't think about anything but just to entertain and it feels so like relieving. I just like everyone to, you know, feel for a moment like what I'm feeling. I feel like my vibe just goes into them and the look in their eyes is just something that's like, it's inspiring and I get to see it on each person, you know, it's cool. You're like, can I redo that just one more time? Like, hold on, hold on. Go back, I want that feeling again. But I like the gender f**k. I like to go out there and do like Ludacris or, or Webby or someone like that and just know every word and kind of play with people's heads. Those are the songs that I feel comfortable with and you know, it's my drag, it's not anybody else's so I can do what I want and I do. My tagline is I'll get you high because I can get you high with weed or I'll get you high for my performance or both. For more stories from In The Know, go to inthenow.com. You can also follow In The Know on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. A big thank you to Wang Newton, The Vixen, and Maybe A Girl for sharing their stories. Stay tuned for more episodes of Behind The Drag. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.